Now where do we look? Okay, we're gonna look there. I'm supposed to look at you, aren't I? Like I'm supposed to look at well, you. Well, no, when we're when we're saying good morning. Good morning. I am Michael Cron. And I'm Ryan Law. And this is Chat with Pastors, and we are the pastors that you will be chatting with today. Will they be chatting with us? Well, it's not quite true, is it? Because it's just us chatting, and you can chat in the comments and when we release this as a premiere video. So there's a chat function available, just not in real time. Yes. We will get to your questions, just not instantly. And this is our weekly opportunity to. I guess, what do we, we debrief from our weekend a little bit. Yeah. We talk about the sermon that was preached on the weekend. Yes. Uh, and we're going to answer a uh, theological question. Burning question. Burning question. And uh, if there's something exciting happening in the news, we will talk about that as well. Yeah. And there's always something exciting to talk about. There is, especially here in Elmer, Ontario. Uh, you may be familiar with uh, Elmer, Ontario. It's in the news quite a bit for not the greatest reasons all the time. We and are yet, a wonderful here we are. town. We here are we are. a wonderful town. We are. We're here to show you the wonderful part of the town. The uh, biblical passage we are reviewing this week is Revelation chapter 9. Ryan recently preached this chapter. There will be a link to Ryan's sermon in the description if you'd like to go and watch it. And uh, what we like to do here is just to dig a little bit deeper into maybe some of the unanswered questions of uh, the sermon. And so, you can't get to everything, get to everything. even in 53 minutes, you can't get to everything. There's just so much there. So, give us uh, an idea of what this uh, chapter was about, Ryan. Well, you get chapter 9, and it's interesting because it's a flow of all that's been happening up to this point, which if you've been following along, you've seen a lot. Uh, John, uh, you know, kind of his envisionment of heaven, and then he gets to see this scroll that's there, and the scroll opens up, and you have these... Uh, different things that happen upon the earth and the consequences of people's actions but God's judgment upon so we get to the final the seventh seal and then we get into the fifth and sixth trumpet of the seventh seal and so the first four that we've seen kind of destruction of the earth this really hits more personal attack and so we kind of get that personalness um, but God's uh, God is not to be mocked he will not be allowed to be uh, just to be there and people to ignore him uh, he does not like that. He does not want people to be ignored. So this is definitely God's way of getting people's attention. And so he gets people's attention by using uh, locusts and getting people that. So gets to get people's attention. They're people that do not believe in him or tormented. Uh, and then we get into a further part of it when the sixth trumpet opens up and there is an army that tortures and kills one third of the population of the world. And so if that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what does. So definitely there. So, But it, it's an opportunity for us as people to realize that we need to be connected with God. Like, this is serious. Let's take this seriously. But also then in the aspect of saying, for those that do not know the Lord at that time, however it happens and plays out, there is still an opportunity for people to repent and come to Him. So, um, yeah. De depending on what you believe, right? About the rapture? Dep well, well it, no, actually, either it would way. Be people, it, either either yeah. the people that believed before are still there or the people that uh, newly believed yeah. Yeah. after it. So, so there's an opportunity for people to come. Depending on your view will depend on who tells you. Right. So if you're watching this and you and you have, uh, if you're like a, a revelation buff, uh, you might have like your, your beliefs all completely set in stone and you might be wondering exactly what we believe. And the answer is we're still figuring that out. 
I hope that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a journey that we've been walking down. And at the beginning of our journey on that, we kind of took a survey of ourselves and mine has changed a little bit mm -hmm. um, at this moment and kind of going through and understanding it. But I, I also don't want to set it so far in stone that I'm not open to hearing other sides of it. And that's been, that's been a challenging part of trying to convey that to people, mm -hmm. but also trying to understand that myself of going, which one do you take? Because you can't be dogmatic and say, well, this is the only way you can view it because then you miss out on other. Well, you can, if you're John MacArthur, well, John MacArthur has this so figured out and I'm not just mocking him. I, no, I, he I admire his steadfastness, but in some, in some cases, he's a little too sure that what he believes is exactly what is going to happen. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that he has that conviction and that, that fortitude to say this is, I'm there and I'm sold on that. Which Great. is what he does with everything. Yeah. <laughs> and he's done a lot more study than I have. I'll give him credit. He's been, yeah. he's been yeah. around a little longer. Yeah, but the other commentaries that we're reading, the other yeah. people that we're talking to, they've also done a lot of study. And so I guess the, the good thing that we discovered in the first couple of weeks is that there's lots of space here for us to have different interpretive beliefs about Revelation mm -hmm. and still get a lot out of the book and, and still for it to be uh, encouraging for our congregation. Because that's what we've heard. It's really encouraging at the same time as being dark and you know there's a lot of difficult stuff in it but but i but i think even, even some of the interpretations of it how you take it you still end up at the same place like however yeah, yeah. however you view chapter nine and, and hopefully people have read through that and if not i encourage you to read through it um but however you view actually what happens god still is calling people to repent mm -hmm. like either way so it's kind of cool that god has opened this up for us to be able to have more opportunity to kind of find other things. And so let's just go through um, a summary, and you'll see this come up on, on the screen. Just go through a summary of those basic interpretive uh, schemes uh, with a short description of each one. And, and uh... Okay, so we got four. We got the, um, at the beginning of the interpretation, they're, they're preterist and refers to the past. So all of the things that have happened in the book of Revelation have already happened. Mm -hmm. So the view that so way. Preterist or preterist. Yeah. And then you have the futurist kind of events described will take place close to the end of the age and kind of all, oh, everything will take place then. So nothing has taken place now. It will all happen then at the end of time. The historical viewpoint, uh, the events described, some have taken place, um, but some are still going to happen further in history. And then the symbolic idealist kind of viewpoint is that all of the stuff that happens, uh, it's all symbolic. And so there's not an actual time mm -hmm. line for it. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, then even within each of those, there's there's space where uh, branches a spectrum yeah. on, on each one of those. Yeah. But uh, my question for you this morning is, as we've been preaching, so we've done nine chapters now, so it's been nine weeks that we've been preaching. Mm -hmm. Well, ten because I think we did an introductory yeah. week. How have some of your views changed, or have you become more convinced of one interpretive scheme or another? Uh, definitely, a lot of my the viewpoints on the book of Revelation has come through, I guess, the generation that I grew up with mm -hmm. and, and watching the movies Left Behind series and that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And I really didn't dive into the book of Revelation as much of going, I'm going to figure out what it says to me. So kind of taking that and going, well, that must be the way it is. Mm -hmm. And that has been eye-opening for me because that has changed drastically. Mm -hmm. um, but yet it hasn't changed my interpretation per se at the beginning, kind of went through it. Kind of, I'm definitely more in the historical aspect where I think some things have taken place, but I think more things are going to take place mm -hmm. in the future in in life. Um, and so I've kind of, I, I think I've stayed there on that interpretation. But how 
those things lay out and, and, and some of the yeah. other stuff we'll go through, I think. Yeah, it's interesting, and we've mentioned before that in the battle of uh, media or entertainment, it's really the historical um, interpretation and a pre-tribulation rapture that has dominated. Hmm. Like those movies, the ones from the 70s, uh, A Thief in the Night, and then the ones in the 90s, I guess, which was... Yeah. Uh, left behind, they both sort of follow this pre-tribulation rapture and there's a lot of drama uh, between the rapture and uh, uh, people coming to know the Lord after the church has been raptured and that's where all the drama centers and I think that probably most of the people that uh, we are preaching to or people that are listening and watching right now probably have defaulted to that because it's been so prevalent. And if you don't do any deeper study into it, you probably accept that interpretation as the biblical interpretation. Well, why would why would you think of anything else? You yeah, don't, you yeah. don't have any other information. To you go have on. no other movies that are <laughs> interpreted in the other way, right? Yeah. So it, unless you're reading it yourself, then you're not going to know. Or having these conversations with people that are that are studying this or reading it, you're not going to know. Which really makes me think a lot of like the Reformation and all that happened. And churches back then, I mean, your pastor spoke, and you just went, "Oh, well, that must be yeah. absolutely true." I can't even read the Bible myself. They didn't even know. So now being able to, re the freedom that we have and the availability to read the Bible, I mean, it's just out there all over the place. I mean, pick yeah. up your phone and, and you can read the Bible for, if you don't even have a, a hard copy of it, but to read it yourself and to go, what does this truly mean? And then to take that conversation of yourself reading it, because you don't want to just rely on the way you read it, but have conversations with other people and, and talk to people. That mm -hmm. I think that that's been helpful for me, just having you and I having conversations throughout the week and going, what about this? Yeah. Well, what about yeah. this? Okay, well, there's this chart. We can look at this, and there's this view. And... Yeah, there's the many people, myself included, for years, this, the strategy is just to sort of ignore the book of Revelation. Like, it's there, and it's interesting, but it doesn't have a lot of bearing on us. Uh, and then you get into the point, you get to the point of just reading it, and it's like, okay, that's some pretty crazy stuff. I might have some thoughts about that. But now we're into the phase where we're studying it. And so we're spending, like, probably 15 hours in a week from blank page to finished sermon and then I'm glad that we're doing that because it's really beginning on to take beginning to take on a lot of deeper meaning even if all of the symbolism and all of the chronology and everything is not becoming super clear in all of its detail and yet every week we get to keep coming back to the same idea of God is sovereign yeah. uh, he's overseeing these events uh, in the end Jesus is victorious and we spend eternity with him and we can keep clinging to that, just as the first Christians and the Christians to whom these letters, this letter was written took that as an encouragement. And, and what a blessing even, I mean, it always will be a blessing encouragement, but the time frame that we're living in now, in the midst of the pandemic and wherever you are in the world, this is affecting the world globally. And yet to still know God is sovereign. God is still running oh. the place. He's still in control. And, and we can put our trust in him and know that he will take care of us. Like that is so encouraging just in in the, the time that we live in which is which is cool to see so yeah so we will leave a link to this we have a, on one side we have a glossary of eschatological terms and on the other side is a survey so we'll leave a link to the pdf for that as well if you'd like to actually i think i think nico might have that on our website or maybe as a google uh google Doc survey that people could fill out so if you want to uh comment in uh in underneath the the video about what your beliefs are about, or if you have some questions about Revelation or any other theological topic, please feel free to reach out.
All right, in the news this week, uh, we are in Elmer, Ontario. Nearby is Toronto, and there are several areas of Toronto that are in complete lockdown right now. Yeah. And I kind of anticipate that we will be there at some point as well. Um, the reaction to this amongst Christians and churches seems to be quite different this time than it was in the spring. There seems to be a lot more uh, defiance. I think some of that is COVID fatigue. Uh, very much. I think people are yeah. just done with it. Yeah. They just want to want this to be over. So if you lock me up again, I'm just going to fight it because I can't take another round yeah. of it. If that lockdown order comes for us... Um, and it is equally applied to other places that uh, mm. have large groupings. We, we will certainly abide by it, just as we did the first time. Um, as, I, as I look at the numbers, and, and uh, some out there are probably skeptical of how cases are counted, uh, I agree that counting cases is not the best indicator. I wish that we would stop talking about how many cases there are. Uh, but I do think that when we see hospitals what are we up to? 2,000, 2,500 people in hospitals and that curve really going up and the deaths between three and 400 a week. Um, I think it gets pretty simple. I think we want to do our part. Um, and in addition to that, I think that uh, what we're seeing in our church right now is that we gained strength during that time. It wasn't ideal, but we learned some, some new ways to connect and some new ways to fellowship. And when we came back, uh, being together was that much sweeter, and I think we gained a better appreciation for it. So I'm not looking forward to being locked down again, but we are already planning for that and, and hoping that we come out a healthier church at the end of it. Well, and it's one of those things where I, I've been thinking about it because it's not an enjoyable situation. No. But there has been, I agree with you, there has been so many blessings that have come out of it that, and even knowledge that I'm aware of that I'm constantly learning and growing and being pushed to constantly learn and grow. Well... If I go to a, <laughs> this is funny, but if I go to a gym, if you know me, that's why it's funny. Have you ever seen the inside uh, of a gym? I have seen the inside of a gym. Like with workout equipment, not just basketball hoops. What's that? <laughs> yes, I've seen the inside of a gym. But that whole idea, it's not enjoyable to go there and push yourself to the brink of exhaustion. No. But the next day, or the next days, I guess, as you continue to do that, you will start to see the benefits of that. Mm. Even though it's very hard and difficult and trialsome. Um, and, and you don't want to go through that. You don't want to put the effort into sitting there and doing reps of, I don't know, sit-ups and chin-ups and all that stuff. Whatever that stuff's called. Yeah. Two wants to do that stuff. <laughs> right? Like, you don't want to do that stuff. But yet, the benefits are there. So, yes, I don't want to go through another closed or lockdown. I yeah. don't want to have to stay at home. I, I don't want to do a thousand Zoom videos. I, I don't want to do that. But yet, if that does bring more people to the Lord, bring it on. Like, if, if that brings people closer to God... Bring on all of that. If it teaches us to evangelize or find different ways to articulate the gospel or have relationships that are in smaller groups, let's do it. Yeah, like as hard as that's going to be, um, nobody wants to swallow their vegetables and eat them. But they're better. I prefer to chew them first. But well, yeah, depends on what vegetables, I guess. <laughs> kind of sometimes yeah, some are slimier than others. Yeah. Like, have you ever tried to cook spinach? I don't like it's slimy. Spinach. It's slimy, but yeah. if you eat it fresh, it's fine. Or put it in a smoothie. I'm, I'm okay with fresh spinach, yeah. but yeah, I cooked. All right, so that is chat with the pastors for this week. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, comments, please put them down below, and we will get back to you. Or our producers will get back to you. We have two producers. I guess you'd call them co-producers. COVID nineteen. <laughs> no, co cooperative producers. That's a terrible way to go out.
Um, so if that Lockdorn, Lockdorn, Lockdorn. <laughs> All right. That okay, so that's chat for the chat for the pastors. That's <laughs> <laughs> chat for the pastors.